Hey, this is Adam Richmond from Food Network UK, and you are feasting your ears on the Hotspur Podcast. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah, well, welcome to a brand new Hot Spurs podcast. It is Tuesday, the 4th of April, 2023. I am Steve in Leon C and Essex. And on today's show, we've got talk sports sensation, Sean Torgman of us, right? Yeah, you have said that right, yeah. There we go. So, uh, yeah, right, let's get straight into it then. So you were on talk sport about two weeks ago. Fella, fella uh, had called up to moan about Levy. Uh, cliche, 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 and then they went to you, and uh, you sort of said it from the other side. And yeah. uh, I was, you know, everyone listened at both sides. Probably, you know, m- most people were probably, uh, or you know, in general, on the, on the whole, Levy needs to leave side. You know, I, I, I'm I, me, me and you are probably the same sort of position. We will find out in a second, which is great. See you later, Levy. But someone's got to buy the club. And I'd like to know who that is before they do it. Because I was outside White Hart Lane 22 years ago, standing with all the banners, sugar out. And uh, when we got Enoch, I was jumping for joy. So I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Where do you stand on it, Sean? Yeah, I mean, when I called up, that was a, my intention wasn't to have a debate with that other bloke. I was calling up to make my own points, but they sort of put us against each other for no particular reason. Obviously, well, for a very obvious reason, sort of get get views because they, they thrive, especially on that show, White and Jordan, they thrive on confrontation, don't they? Yeah. So the, the point I was really making was more than anything, I felt the exact opposite to that bloke in the sense that he thought that Levy is just the source of all problems at Tottenham. And I'm obviously, I differ in my opinion that I think that Levy only has so much control over the football you're seeing on the pitch and what we've been watching for the last three or four years, although he's obviously responsible for the for the managerial appointments, what we've been watching for the last three or four years is down to the fact that we have managers that want to play incredibly negative, pragmatic football. And Daniel Levy isn't responsible for bad manage- the bad decisions that the managers have made, but the, the the fact that Conte is complete was completely inflexible, and as we saw last night, Stellini is basically just Conte in disguise, playing exactly the same football. So yeah, I was I didn't want to get into the argument with the bloke, but the, the the problem with people of that type when it comes to Enoch out are that they just scream and shout, and they don't really make many points. They don't give you solutions to the problem. They just scream about the problem, and then if you dare to sort of suggest that there may be other factors then you just get shouted down and called a levy lover or whatever that is i'm far from that um i i I despise some of the things that levy does i hate how um unapproachable he is with the media i hate that he never admits that he's really made any mistakes um he's uh yeah his his the 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 way he puts himself across, I don't believe he's actually as bad as we probably think he is, but he's so, like I said, unapproachable. He's not he's not personable with the media. He doesn't ever read the room. He never takes an opportunity to just put the mind the fans' minds at ease. And so I dislike him as I dislike him as well. But I'm just a little bit more level-headed about the way that I think about it. I think. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't help himself at the moment. For example, the question on everybody's uh, lips and, and it's kind of been decided because he hasn't said anything is what is the, what is the uh, uh, aim of the club? What is the aim? So what people do on, on all the podcasts, they go, well, the aim of the club is clearly top four. Uh, it's not to win a trophy, not interested in trophies, win a top four. Now all Levy has to do is come out and say, right, can I be clear about this? Okay. I want to win a trophy. I'm desperate to. And I want to get top four as well, because if you're top four, you retain players and you've got more chance of signing players. Now, yes, we've made mistakes. Blah. I mean, I'm doing Levy's job for him, but it wouldn't be difficult just to come out and say, but let me be clear about this. 
I went to uh, the Champions League final <clears throat> and I was not in the dressing room going, guys, doesn't matter. Uh, we got top four because if you remember, uh, uh, I think Arsenal were in line to do it and then they mucked it up against Brighton where there's that famous gif of that Brighton player like having a little dance and stuff. Um, so we'd secured top four. He wasn't in the dressing room going, don't worry about it, lads. He, w- he was probably, you know, <laughs> going, oh, please, you know, this, this will make me a few more million quid, presumably, because that, that has never quite tied him for me. The fact that if you do win trophies, then you get more money. So if he's that much of a, you know, money grabber, then surely a successful trophy winning Tottenham gets you more money. So, yeah. you know, that, that, those sorts of things never tie up. And, 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 if he's so desperate to get top four, I mean, he's doing a terrible job of it this year, isn't he? Because, you know, uh, it, I know we just got rid of Conte and, and uh, I, think we went, <laughs> I think we went fourth last night, funnily enough. But, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a weird one. I, I think he quite likes decent football and that's why he's got rid of these, uh, these managers as well. But uh, what do you think? I think he's made... I said the other, I wrote in my blog the other week that he's a victim of his own success. And I obviously didn't mean success in terms of winning trophies, but you can't deny it that in the last 20 years, Tottenham have gone from a mid-table club that finished 11th in the league every season. It's a um, fact. It's a fact. To, we're in, uh, we're in the conversation. All you, need, all you need to do, Sean, is go back and look at, you know, over the summer when they play all those um, on Sky and you're desperate to watch a bit of football and it's like, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, and, it, and they've got a, a, a season review 97-98 or, or 2000 and 2001, and you watch it and there's no two hours of a programme, there's no Spurs, maybe one game where we might have got a result against Blackburn or something. But Spurs and Spurs aren't in the conversation they're not on any highlight reel for about 20 years no of course not and that's and that's another thing that I, I like when united won the treble in 99 um and they won the champions league um in barcelona against bayern munich back that i was 13 14 back then i used to support united in the champions league because tottenham weren't it wasn't even a competition we even thought about being in. No. It wasn't like they were obviously back then there only used to be one or two teams. So in the Champions League from England, and unless it was Arsenal, obviously, or Chelsea, you supported the English team in Europe. And for me, that didn't feel like a, a betrayal of any sort because we weren't even in a conversation to finish in the top six, never mind in the Champions League. It was like a different world. And now the problem is obviously we've we've had the Champions League. Obviously, we had 2010 where it was all new and we got unbelievably excited and every game was like a dream. We're playing in the Milan, Real Madrid, those sort of games. But then once we got used to being in the Champions League under Pochettino, people sort of now take it for granted a little bit. And it's not the same as winning the trophy. Of course it's not. But you can't compare us winning the 99 League Cup against Leicester to what we have now. I would not swap our five years or six years we've had in the Champions League where we've also, for the majority of it, especially under Pochettino, been playing brilliant football for that Alan Nielsen diving header in 99 when we finished 11th in the league under George Graham. They're not comparable. Like, But people, obviously, nostalgia is a, a lovely thing, but people compare that time as if it was better than what we have now. And it's not. And, but the, the thing that annoys me most about the levy out people, again, I am probably... Like centre centre right. If you say that they're the hard right, I'm centre right. I want Levy out as well, but I'm not like going to make my whole personality about it. The worst thing about them is that they act like Levy's never spent any money, and like we're not spending any money. He didn't back Poch probably at the most pivotal time too, which was unfortunately coincided with us moving into the new stadium when we were finished second in the league that year, and then we went a whole what was it? three transfer windows without investing in the team. But after the Champions League final, we obviously made big mistakes in the transfer market. But you can't say he didn't spend any money because he spent 60-odd million on, on Dombele, 45 million on the Celso. We bought Sessegnon for 25-odd million. Like, they were obviously big transfer mistakes. But he did spend money. Obviously, the reason Poch fell out with him, I think, or that ended is because Poch started to suggest that he didn't really have much say in the players that were being brought in. But yeah, I'm not, I am Levy out to an extent, but 
I don't, at the same time, this side that someone suggested yesterday on TalkSport was driving home from the game. And they would, they said, that, do you know what? I'd rather have Mike Ashley than Daniel Levy. He's my, it's just a ridiculous, what a ridiculous thing to say. Like Daniel Levy has built an infrastructure that is unparalleled anywhere else in the country. No one else has it. Which means that all the pieces are in place for it to be, for us to be a success. The only thing missing is we need a progressive manager because he's made some big mistakes by bringing win-now managers in. A progressive manager, probably a young one who needs to prove himself. That Go back to the DNA of the club that he said he was going to do a few years ago where we start playing attacking football again and also go back to bringing through youth rather than getting 34-year-old Ivan Perisic to play left wing back for 200 grand a week because that's not Tottenham and it and it should never have been. Uh, he's, he's been disappointing, hasn't he? And, and, and you know, that first half last night, he played quite well, didn't he, Perisic? He was putting the balls in and I was like, Do you know what? I think he's had a little word with himself. Um, so we can sort of move on to the game last night. Obviously, you're there. Uh, do you go home and away? Um, yeah, I try to go. I, I live up north now, so I live near Manchester. So these, uh, I only moved up a year ago. So these northern aways are absolutely brilliant for me. Yeah. Um, the, the southern ones, the ones in London, obviously, I try to go to as many as possible, um, but it's a whole day if yeah. you do. Um, but I have, I've still, I've still only missed a few. Um, I've been to the lots. I've been to the vast majority of the aways since Christmas, yeah. and they have nearly all, apart from Preston, all the league ones. We haven't won. I'm trying to think yeah. if we've won one. Well, look, I mean, look, we 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 start the game um, uh, uh, well, and then we f- then we fade. We let them have the ball. Uh, nothing's changed. And uh, just going back to uh, you know one of the things that Paratici said was um, that he. Um, no, I've got to let my dog out. Hang on one sec. <laughs> I don't edit anything. That's why I run. Right. Okay. So, uh, so uh, it's, it's the same. Now, Paratici said in his last interview before, obviously, he went, um, we didn't feel it was right to change uh, the way we played. But that, 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 was, that was why we got rid of Conte. Look, Conte said what he said. And, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts today, they're all uh, the people on Twitter. Oh, uh, Conte's laughing. Conte knew. Conte said, um, I'm going to put it in, in, in context of uh, my profession. All right. So when I get a new class, OK, what I do is I often in the first week, I think, oh, my goodness, what this class, they're bouncing off the walls. They, they can't. Hold a pencil. They, they this, that, the other. What I would never ever do is um, then think to myself, "Well, that's that then." And particularly, I only have a class for a year. Obviously, I don't have them for sixteen months. But let's let's uh, reduce it to say six months. After six months of having a new class, I don't then go up to the staff room or go to the head teacher and say. Well, of course, it's this class, isn't it? Who have been in the uh, in the uh, infants for three years, and all their all those first three teachers they had, all absolutely awful. You know, I can't do anything. So, absolutely not. And and I think it's a good good analogy because you can moan and complain. Let's say after two months, fight perfectly fine. Six months, mm, we're we're starting a you know, I mean, look, but take Sean Dyche. If Sean Dyche loses that game last night, is he coming out and going, uh, well, it's all the previous managers and the board, that's the problem? Because Sean Dyche has gone in there and he's gone, right, my team now, this is what you do. You're solid, you're passionate. You, and I'll I, I, I tell you what, I would love a manager. And we know we've seen the passion with Conte, but I would love a manager going up to that, ref, that persistent referee constantly you can read his lips. He's effing and blinding the whole time. Just in his ear hole, going, what kind of decision's that? Over and over again. With the passion of that guy. You know, and we you know, we don't want that style of football, of course. But mm-hmm. to go in there, and I got Everton, mate, and he said, we've got so much more passion than you. And I said, um, look, you know, uh, okay, fine. Last night, you showed your passion, whatever. 
Um, but just, just, just to you know, blame. So people are people are all over it. Going, Conte was right. Conte was right. Yeah, apart from one thing, the fact that he didn't take any of the blame himself. And I'm sorry, but you, someone listed, I think it was Lee McQueen listed like nine players or eight players that he's bought that have come in. You know, if if you didn't get the players that you wanted, he should have gone on February the 1st. February mm-hmm. the 1st, transfer window open. He should have looked at it and gone, didn't get the players I want. This job's not for me. Not two months later, what's he waiting for? What's he waiting for if he knew it was it was all, you know, not good? He should have made that speech then, got himself the sack then, got himself a little bit more money, which is clearly yeah. what he wanted in the end. What do you think, Sean? Yeah. Um, I don't think that Conte was sacked because of the football we're playing. And I think that that's been um, proven by the fact that Stellini has been kept there. I think he got sacked because he'd fallen out with the players. I don't think Levy had any intention, although he knew, the, he obviously knows the football's turgid. People say Levy's not a football man, but he's what he's sat, uh, he's sat and watched Tottenham nearly every game for the last 20 years. So he must by now have some sort of understanding of football and what looks yeah. good and what doesn't look good. So I don't think he was actually sat. I don't think he was. I don't think they parted company because of the football. Even though we all wanted, even though that's how we feel, and the football's been horrendous for so long. I think it's just because he fell out with the players. But um, last night was horrible because I went into it. I think a lot of other people did, just hoping that maybe Conte's sort of Conte's foot, maybe the foot would be the handbrake would be taken off and maybe Stellini had all the all his own ideas that he was going to implement that we never knew about and Conte had been stopping him from allowing us to take the handbrake off and play a little bit differently. But it was exactly the same as every other performance. Oh, that's what's so amazing about it, is that we consistently provide identical performances, especially away from home, where it is just this slow, arduous passing across the back line from players who don't, have the ability to think forward. That's why we play the ball across the back so much, because the vast majority of the time, we've got eight defensive players on the pitch. And people always go, why do we, why when we score, do we all regress and just move to the back, like move 20 yards back? The reason is because you've got three players, Son, I don't even want to go into Son, Son, Kane and Kulisewski, who are attacking, and everyone else on that pitch, Perisic, Maybe, but he's a little bit confused in his left wing back position. Everyone else on that pitch is a defender. So the vast majority of the time when we have possession of the ball, our defenders have the ball. Dyer, Longley, Romero, they they dawdle on it. They don't have that instinct to play the ball forward. They they go to move forward and then they take a second thought and play it backwards. And that's all down to me, to the fact that Cellini is basically just implementing what Conte's taught him to implement. He changed nothing, nothing at all. So you're, you're, should, there, you're there last night, right? You're with the fans and it's getting into the 70th minute and you can see we've scored the goal and it's been 10 minutes since we scored the goal and you guys must have all been going, what, we, made, we need to make a change here. You must we, have been I knew it was that. coming. I knew it was coming. I knew the goal was coming. Everyone, you can mm. feel it. Just like at Wolves, just like at Wolves, I knew yeah. the goal was coming. Sheffield United, you knew it was coming because you can just yeah. see them, and we're like, obviously we knew. But as soon as you saw Lucas Moura, everyone's just like, Dan Ju- what has Dan Juma done? Yeah, what has he done? It's to get- crazy, isn't it? But I think Longley, you wouldn't have seen this, but I think Longley when he came off, uh, was smiling and shaking his head and going, "Why are they bringing me off for yeah, I- um, you know uh- Sanchez?" Sanchez, who who has completely lost all form, everything, Bambi on ice, Um, and in the goal, of course, which was a screamer, but it was, if you think about it, on the left side of the defence, which was where Longley plays. So it made no sense. Uh, it made no sense. Um, it was the wrong. It, it, we should have uh, feel, uh, We needed another man in midfield. Um, you know, you can't. Uh, uh, there was one point where Holbier had the ball uh, and played it past the ball sideways and it went out of play. I think he was trying to pass it to Sanchez. Um, so he, you know, but it was like one after the other. L- Lloris uh, looked like um, 
some 18-year-old novice in the goal, not not a World Cup winner. Kane <laughs> um, disappears in the last 20 minutes of every game I see him play for England, for Spurs. Um, I can't believe the guy is still playing 90 minutes. Um, and, and, and the final thing I want to say is Son has played about three games this season and every single time is off the bench. So why don't you say to the guy, listen, what we're going to do with you is we're going to keep you on the bench and when it's one, when we're 1-0 down or 1-0 up or it's 0-0 or whatever the score is, we're going to bring you on because they've all made their, their – their, um, they're, they're marking him out of the game. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say that after a brilliant season last season, I think they say, right, let's, let's two up on Sun. Stop him doing his stuff, right? Let Kane go off and uh, whatever. But if we stop start, Sun – I think we'll stop Spurs. Let's give the, the the opposition managers benefit of the doubt on that. So what you do is you go, right, son, you are absolutely pivotal to this team. You are so essential, but you've been marked out of the game. You've been marked out of the game all season. So we're going to keep you on the bench. And then when they start to get uh, uh, tired, we'll bring you on and go and do what you've done against Leicester and against West Ham and uh, whoever else you scored against. Do that. I mean, Sonny, what's he going to do? No, I want to play. No, he go, it would go great decision because uh, that's you're right because he's a bright guy, right? <laughs> well, uh, no, stick him in from the start, make him look terrible. He's marked out the game, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that because you know he's such a brilliant player. But you know what? If against Brighton, if he has a bad first half and he comes out the second half, five or ten minutes in, gives the ball away, you know, I fear the crowd are going to start. Going, you know, booing him or something because we, we we can't keep seeing our our second favorite player be be poor. However, if you stick him on the bench and we have Dan Juma playing and bring him Sun on on sixty five minutes, mm. hello, what a, what a, what a rejuvenated team we might be. You know, it's not. Yeah. Is that rocket science? I don't know. No, no, he's not. He's he's a sulker, son, and this season. But especially when I'm at games, far too often I've seen him just with his head down, moping yeah. around. He knows like, he's going off. Bring him yeah. on with half an hour to go. Yeah. He looks alive. Yeah. It's completely different. Completely. And what was the game? Um, the West Ham game when he started on the bench. He came on and his touch was back and everything. But the biggest problem at the moment is that he's playing with his back to goal, which he's never been good at. He lost the ball so easily so many times yesterday. And yeah, I think, I don't know with him. He, he sulks a little bit too much. And even what he said about Conte the other week, oh, I feel I feel bad, I feel responsible. You should, mate, because you have been moping around for far too long. And he, I've watched that when we went to City away, we lost 4-2. He was just strolling around the pitch and he was driving people insane. But yeah, I think the, the thing that's most frustrating about this Spurs team is I think there is, although we're limited in terms of our bench, especially at the moment, there is a team in there that could be so good if they just change the formation. And I know people go, oh, you think it's all about three at the back. I genuinely believe the reason we play such bad football is because we've got too many players on the pitch who aren't good at, with the ball. So change it to a four. You lose one of your poor centre-backs, play Romero alongside someone else, whether it be Dyer or Longley, I don't care. You play Porra as a right wing back, as a right back, or Emerson, and you play Longley even as a left back, you play the two defensive midfielders, and then you can play Kane in a 10, which is what he does anyway. He already plays as a number 10. You play Richardson up top, which obviously you couldn't do yesterday, and you play Simon Kulisewski. All of a sudden, you've got a 4-2-3-1, which is what most top teams play anyway, and everything changes for me. Because what we're doing at the moment is we're trying to play out from the back all the time with players who can't play out from the no, back. It's, it's, I don't understand. I don't know why they keep... Pressing with it every time we it's have a nonsense. Who, right? Who do you want to be the next manager then? Oh, I don't know. You want to get Pochettino I, in now? I would. I would like. Look, everyone. I would like if it happened. Or I'd how like, about this? How about Harry Redknapp for nine games? I'm preferring Fellaini all day. Yeah, you got. You can, I think they got to look at it and go. Um, right. No, I think we may need a change of format. Yeah. Talk yeah, to right Harry. Now. Talk to Harry. Say Harry. Anyone. Look. You know, what do you think? Do you, do you, do you, I've got, I've got two numbers here. I've got Harry Redknapp's number. I've got, I've got, uh, I've got Glenn Oddle's number. 
I've got, uh, you know, I've got Pochettino's number. Who do you want for the last nine games? Or do you want to stick with Stellini and, and carry on playing, uh, you know, well, uh, this defensive, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think we'd get, I think uh, Nagelsmann was like a nice, a nice thought, but I think realistically he's going to, he's gone to, but he had, Bayern Munich was his dream job, apparently. Yeah. So he, he's lost that. Yeah. If he's got a choice between us and Chelsea with all the money that Chelsea are prepared to spend, I'd be surprised if he chose yeah. us. I, th- I, th- I think that's there. But again, with Nagelsmann, the first thing I went was, well, what, why is he leaving Bayern Munich? I didn't even know that. Oh, we've got to get him. He's brilliant. He's this, that and the other. I'm like, well, hang on a minute. What, what, what is it with him? You know, does he come into Tottenham? And and uh, is it is he defensive? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, he's attack minded. Trouble is, Sean, when you ask these questions on Twitter, you get, uh, uh, oh, don't you know? <laughs> no, no, I'm it's asking. All, it's all nonsense. It's, most of it's nonsense. You see, people like Twitter's not a real place, is it? Let's be honest. Some of the re- some of the stuff people say on there just. I seen one a tweet the other day from an avid Levy out person who said that if Chelsea appoint a manager tomorrow, then Levy should resign as a result of Chelsea appointing the manager. Yeah. Those two things aren't intertwined. There's no... Levy can't resign because Levy owns the club. Yes. Levy is in of his of it actually belongs to him. Yeah. So he's not going to resign. Joe Lewis is his uncle. Uh, he's not getting rid of him. It's it, it, he, can't, he can't. He needs to be bought out now. If Mike Ashley, uh, and by the way, I, I in 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 when people say, "Oh, there's loads of billionaires out there," I can only think of two or three billionaires uh, who are Spurs fans. Alan Sugar, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but probably um, Mike Ashley, who's just got a load of billions in. He's a Spurs fan. Um, and that's about it. Unless you want, uh, uh, and I'm perfectly happy for a uh, Russian, a, a, a Saudi Arabian. I've got no, I've got no allegiance uh, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, eth- ethics. I've got no ethics. Yeah. No. Uh, no, no, I have. But you know, but when it comes when it comes to Tottenham, you know, you, ha- you, 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 like with Mourinho, you make a deal with the devil and you go right, fine. We're, let's get the results and, and let's just have a nice time. Um, so who knows? But uh, at the moment, you know, someone saying, oh, Man United are being bought out. Are they? Because at the moment, in my opinion, I think that's dragging. It's just not simple. It's just not as simple as people act like it is. And yeah. that's what's so annoying about it. They're just like, get him out. Like, that's not going to do anything. Like, <laughs> the only successes that, have, like, there's, there's a status quo, obviously, of uh, United, Liverpool and Arsenal, who have won the vast majority of league titles between them over the last 100 years, OK? The only two clubs that have broken that are Chelsea and Man City. And the only way they've done it is Chelsea got bought by Roman Abramovich before it was popular, before it was fashionable to be bought out by a billionaire. Corrupt, corrupt Russian. And then, obviously, City and the Abu Dhabi group in 2008. Those are the, that's the only reason. We, we should really be being praised for even infiltrating that group because what we've done is we've actually done it organically yeah. and we've gone for, they've, they've invested money slowly. They've built a stadium and infrastructure without oil money, without state state uh, funding. And now we're threatening to infiltrate and we have been for the last couple of years. Okay. We haven't like broken through, but at least, like I said, at least we're in the conversation. We weren't in the conversation before, but what do the, like, would you, if you said in 2001, would you rather win a cup every 10 years and stay a mid-table club or become part of the top six and at least have an opportunity to compete with those clubs? You would take that all day. So um, I want to be sold. It'd be lovely. But I also have to be very careful who you're being sold to. Because look, look at Chelsea. Chelsea fans are probably more unhappy than we are at the moment. And they just spent 600 million. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's absolute madness. Right, let's get into the fun part of the podcast. Yeah. The reason you're here. My Spurs journey. Ready for the questions? Yeah. You haven't okay. seen these questions before. No. Uh, doesn't listen to the podcast, won't take it personally. But uh, here we go, right? So, the first football match you remember seeing? Uh, the 1991 FA Cup final. Ah. First, first one I've got actual memory of um, and that's also I 
think when I started Sporting Spurs, I was five. Right. Five. So you don't remember the semi-final? No, I saw afterwards. Obviously, I know the semi-final really well. The three, yeah, three-one, uh, Gaza free kick and all that. Um, I've watched it hundreds of times, but no, the first game I watched like like live, like on TV, was yeah. the mighty one. Oh uh, wow! Score uh, winning goal scored by Des Walker, Des Walker. Me- mega Spurs fan. Was on our books until he was about thirteen. I had him on the podcast about eight years ago because my dad played golf with him. And he just oh, said, okay. oh, would you do, do the podcast? So he did. But the only trouble was he was on the road and uh, it was a really bad um, like connection. But I didn't have like the bottle to say, I, I lost my bottle, Spurs fan. I lost, I, did, I couldn't say, oh, do you mind pulling over? I can't really hear you. So it's a bit, it was a bit of a, a disjointed interview, but but proper Spurs man. And uh, tells well, that's brilliant, what I scored then, I guess. Tells brilliant, tells brilliant Brian Clough stories. But yeah, there you go. Right. What about a football match that made you cry? On that. It's got to be Spurs related a bit. No. No, no. Um, that'd be the, the first one would be uh, 96 Germany penalties. Yeah. In Euro 96, definitely. Uh, that was a, that was an amazing tournament for me. I went to, I went to the games. I was only 10, but I went to uh, the Holland game, the 4-1. And at, wow. the time, Teddy, at the time, Teddy Sheringham was like my hero. Yeah, of course. Um, and he obviously scored two in that game. Um, but yeah, the first, I I was genuinely like inconsolable after we went out to Germany on penalties. Um, <laughs> and then and then again in Argent again in '98 Argentina as well. Yeah. Have you, um, have you have you been away with England? No, no, no you're not. not, England, no. not I've, been, I've, I've, I've been to a few. I've been. I used to go to quite a few home England games, but like I've never. No, I've never been away with England though. All right. Now, what about a funny moment in football? What's the funniest moment in football? In my, that I've sort of been witness. Yeah. Now, I mentioned one earlier when um, when um, I think it was uh, Xhaka, um, who, by the way, has gone from prime Jason Dezel to prime blimmin' Messi this season, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He pulled back the Brighton player and... and uh, and, and at the end of that game, it basically meant that we'd qualify for the Champions League. Um, that was funny. I enjoyed that. That was funny. Uh, funniest moment in football. Okay. Um, I would, let's think something off the top of my head that's uh, Spurs related. Um, it wasn't funny last night, obviously. No, it wasn't funny last night. Um <laughs> Well, you have um, to come back to me on that one. Yeah, come, come back, back to me on that one. Have a, th- have a think when you've had a laugh on football. Uh, what about the worst match you've ever seen? Oh, God, that's, it. that's, that's even harder because there's so many awful ones. But I'd say the worst match that in my memory that Spurs have played, anyway, was the 2-0 defeat at Old Trafford this season, um, right. which was on a Wednesday night, which I went to, and that was... That was just unbelievable. From the first moment when the players turned up wearing that blue wetsuit kit for no apparent reason, there's no reason to not wear the home kit away at United. Yeah. Just from then on, you just had a feeling it was going to be bad. It was just so, so bad. Yeah. And yeah, um, that was a that was awful in every way. So. <laughs> oh dear. Now, have you ever been at a football match? Now you go away, so this might apply to you. Any scary moments? Uh, yeah, when I was when I was younger, actually, I I think it might be my first my first away game was away at St Andrews, Birmingham. Um, we drew one all. It was in two thousand and five, two thousand no two thousand four five. It was, and okay. I didn't I didn't I didn't know about sort of is that prime uh, Hassan Ghali uh, era. No, no, no. He, that was a bit late. <laughs> it was the se- it was the season bef- uh, it was the season Martin Yole took over. He right. took over from Santini midway through. Um, Stephen Kelly scored for for Spurs. The game was memorable because Jermaine Pennant played for Birmingham. He had to wear a tag um, when he was playing because uh, yeah. he was on tag. Um, but the reason it was I I didn't really have experience going away at the time, um, and I didn't know about away etiquette so I wore like my Spurs shirt 
because I was only, I think, what, 17, 18 at the time, wore my right. Spurs shirt and just walked through, walked from the train station through Birmingham and just without, obviously this is before the time of Google Maps and stuff, um, and just walked straight past this Birmingham pub where they were all like, it was a sunny day all out. Like, basically, I shouldn't have walked through there. Right. And, yeah, the reaction I was getting was terrifying at the time. Were you on your own? Yeah, I was on my own. We're talking hundreds, hundreds of them just standing outside, me in the Spurs shirt, and very quickly I realised what I'd done. <laughs> just didn't realise. I just had no... I just, was just what did clueless. you do? Did you run? Did you sort of... I walked very, I walked very, very fast. It was did, quite did, you, did you put like a Ray Winston swagger on? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Nah, I, I walked very, very fast. I was completely inexperienced at that time. Um, and I was going, I was on my own, obviously. So yeah, that was a terrifying moment. But no, that's the worst. That's, that's the worst that's ever ever happened. Um, I've got mates who were in Seville in 2006 who got battered by police in the stands, but I luckily didn't get a ticket for that. So God. yeah. All right, mate. What about um, a player that you used to love but you don't anymore? Oh, that's a good one. It can be. It uh, can be a. Uh, it, it can be from the past. Well, there's, a few, there's, there. a, there's one very obvious. There's one very obvious one from the past. Yeah. I don't think we need to mention uh, Judas, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's a very obvious one from the past. But I'd say, uh, yeah, in the current squad, I think there's probably quite a few that I used to really like that I don't really. Know. I used to really like. I used to really like Eric Dyer. I used to think that he had. I liked his mentality. Remember, he did an interview. Um, it got shared quite a lot, like back in the beginning of the Poch days, where he's like, people say a lot of bad stuff about Tottenham, and I don't like him. Mm. He basically was like, he was dreadful last night, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's just he's he's become. That's what I mean. He's got he's gone from he used to be he used to be Poch's utility player, didn't he? Yeah. He always was in the squad somehow. Oh, he that's a, that centre midfield player, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Decided to be a centre back. He, he's shaky yeah. as you like. And I think that's the thing with a lot of just with a lot of things. If you linger somewhere too long, same with Hugo Lloris as well. Like obviously, we he's been a great servant, been there ten, eleven years. But now I feel like you're overstaying your welcome. You're not good enough to play anymore. Forster should be starting for me. Yeah, perfectly good, and he's much better with his feet. <laughs> I feel like if you linger somewhere too long past your best, which is what Lloris is doing now then eventually people don't turn on you, but you're going to be remembered differently to how I would have liked to remember you. And that's definitely the case with Lloris. It's definitely the case with Dyer. Sanchez, I didn't, when Sanchez in his first couple of seasons at Spurs was also decent. I thought, oh, he's got potential, but he's turned into the worst centre-back we've ever had. So yeah, there's quite quite a few. Spurs tend to do that to you quite a lot, I think. Yeah. Players you love that you don't love anymore. The, the yeah. list is long. What about a player that you have to defend? You're like, no, he's good. And everyone's like, no, he's a load of rubbish. Now, again, it can't be, it doesn't have to be now. It can be in the past. What do you reckon? I used to have to defend Gareth Bale to a lot of people when he was, when he, obviously before he sort of hit that trajectory, yeah. when he was like still number three, um, my mate Uni used to always say, oh my God, what a waste of money. We need to get rid of him. I go, I promise you he is going to be an unbelievable player. And he turned out to be. Um, so that's one famous one because obviously we know what happened to Gareth Bale. A uh, current one um, that I have to defend quite a lot, I would say, I used to, again, that's another one, Hoiberg. I used to defend Hoiberg to everyone, but I can't defend him anymore. He's just, yeah. he's, he's gone from, he, he plays the odd pass like he played that pass, I think it was against Chelsea or West Ham, um, which was perfect, which put someone through. And you think, oh, do you know what? He's actually he's got he's got that in his locker, but the rest of the time he's just so frustrating. And I feel like our lack of rhythm in games is largely down to him. Yeah. Well, he is out. the central midfielder. He he is the. Um... You know, he's the pendulum, you know. But look, you know, you, you look back again at, at um, the team five years ago, which had Dembele, um, uh, uh, Wanyama, uh, Dyer at his peak, um, Ali, Eriksson, uh, Son and Kane. All those players, you know, can you imagine, um, you know, Conte or Mourinho saying to those group of players, um, 
look, guys, uh, when you score a goal, let all sit back, all sit back. You know, I think there'd have been a mutiny. They'd have all said, no. Uh, Dembele in particular would have said, sorry, boss, I don't give the ball away. Um, you know, yeah. Mourinho's, Mourinho's tactics, give the ball away, let them have it for 20 minutes and then hit them on the break where they're unsuspecting. Dembele yeah. would have been like, I can't do that. Would, I don't know how to do that. that team, would he? No, he wouldn't have fit into that team, would he? Um, yeah. Oh, if, if I think that's the, re- the, the, the reason for the mood around the fan base in general is because you can accept, like we were prepared to accept, I think when we all got Mourinho, we were prepared to accept Football's not going to be as great, but he's going to be the one who takes us over the line. Because at that time, we were still very much considered one of the top teams. Because yeah. we'd just been in the Champions League final. We'd finished top four, four years in a row. We're prepared for it. But four years later, we haven't. It's been... That was a Mourinho years. performance last night. Oh, it was. Well, yeah, well, yeah, because if you remember... No one in Yeah, we used to score first always. And then we'd always concede later on. Whereas under Conte at least midway through the season, we were conceding first, going 2-0 down and having to bring it back. But yeah, the, the mood is down to the fact that we've watched terrible football for four years. Football, not only terrible, but where the, the, the tactic is to let the other team have the ball and for us to just sit there. So when you go to home games, especially, you're literally just sitting there watching the other team play the ball around you. And it's the same no matter who they are as well. All the low, all the teams in the at the lower part of the league, they'll come to the to, to Tottenham and they'll play around. And yeah. I always think we're the worst footballing side in the whole league. It's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely mad to go from the <laughs> the team that everyone loved watching to now being like, oh god, Spurs are on telly. What's the point of that? Who's your most hated player of all time? Tottenham player. Doesn't have to be. Oh right. Jack Wilshere is very high up oh. on the. Uh, yeah, I hate Jack. Obviously, I hate Jack Wilshere. I hate I hate Fabregas a lot. Yeah, uh, he obviously played for both of them, and he's said been he's been vocal saying I don't want Spurs to win the league when we obviously had the chance, like even when he wasn't playing. Yeah. Um. So Seth Fabregas. That, that Clattenburg thing that happened recently. Now I know that Clattenburg said when he refereed that game against Chelsea, he said I I wanted them to self. Uh, Self-destruct, self-implode. Yeah. Self-destruct. I mean, that for a referee to say, well, why, why, why did you want us to self-implode? Why didn't you give Walker a red card when he kicked that guy in the first 10 minutes? Because then what might have happened was Spurs might have gone, right, we can't do that again. Shut up shop. Get the, get, you know, nick a goal, whatever, you know. But the fact that he goes, oh, no, no, I wanted him to self-implode. You ever done that to any other team, Clattenburg? And then he's come out, the guy, Danny Wilson. Is it Danny Wilson? Danny, yeah. Danny Simpson. And he yeah. said, oh, no, he didn't send off a leave player because he wanted to win the league. That needs to be looked at. That's like, that's borderline corruption, isn't it? I mean, that's ridiculous. it's insane that that's not been looked at in any way. What's, what people haven't really brought up recently as well is Michael Oliver is an ardent Newcastle fan. Massive. Like, he's open about it. Yeah. So, obviously, as referees, you have to declare who you support. So, for years... Well, he's never been able to referee Newcastle games. But because Newcastle have obviously been like in the lower echelons of the table for so long, he's been able to ref all the top games without having influence on them on, on New- because Newcastle aren't involved. But recently, he's ref two of our games and he was the VAR last night. And that, to me, is just insane. Like yeah. He shouldn't be involved at any level on that. But no, uh, you said the most hated player. Cesc Fabregas isn't my most hated player. Sol Campbell. Yeah. Um, is, is my what, what team do you hate the most? Chelsea. Really? Yeah. For the fact that if, you, if it's down <laughs> to the clubs, it's the fans. I can't. I, I get. So I've got Chelsea mates who are just who's lot. And I, I genuinely mean this. They they talk about Tottenham far more than they talk about Chelsea. Oh yeah. They're obsessive of, of yeah. Spurs. Well, they come out to that song. Uh, yeah. We hate Tottenham. They sing it when their players come out. We yeah. hate Tottenham. Chelsea. Yeah, now, um, that, that, do you mean, if, I, if, if that happens at Spurs, right, and we still can't work out what song we want to come out to. We had no, Metallica. We had... Uh, uh, I like uh, it. Metallica. Huh? I like Metallica. I thought, that was, I thought if they kept that going... 
that was good. gave you a bit of a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Bump. That was good. Then they went to and then and then obviously back to Chaz and Dave, Barry Manila. They still can't figure out what we should come out to. I've always said it: come out to Glory Glory Tottenham Hotspur Cup games. Come out to uh, uh, Spurs are on the way to Wembley, and yeah. uh, there we go. Go done. Simple, right? And uh, yeah, no, oh, we've got to have a a, a, a a banging club classic or something. And I'm going, oh. They're just trying to Americanize it too much, aren't they? And I just, they are, obviously, it's a new stadium, so they're trying to find what works. Yeah. But it's just, it just goes in line with everything. The club, they're so out of touch. They are. The fans really they want. They can't make up their minds. What about um, your favorite ever player? That's a hard one. I would say my favourite player to watch was is, was Dembele, Moussa Dembele. Yeah, loved him. Uh, but I love Van, Van der Vaart. I absolutely loved as well for the two years that he was at Spurs. Jurgen Klinsmann was like one of my young heroes. Yeah. Um, Jermaine Defoe, absolutely loved. But my favourite all time would be oh, Bale. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think he's the one. He's and at the end of the day, he's probably the best player to ever play along with Modric they're yeah. probably the best players to ever play for Spurs I was, I, I was trying to put it into context with somebody who said uh, to me that Kane should go to Bayern Munich and I said that's fair enough and w- without a doubt he'll win trophies but no one will watch it because no, because, because I watched me and my son when when he went to when Bale went to Real Madrid we watched about three games not even that and weren't really watching it because we like English football. We like Premier League, uh, you know, internationals barely, but, you know, just about. I'm not watching Spanish football. Can't stand it. I watch Champions League, but I'm not watching like Real Madrid versus uh, 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 Getafe or something. So we didn't watch any of Bale's success, really. You know, yeah. obviously the goal against Liverpool. But um, so fair play. If Kane wants to go and win, a, win, win all his trophies with Bayern Munich, Go, go, go for it. None of us will watch you though. None he, of us... he won't do. It. He won't do it. And I don't. I think. I think he should go to whole... Celtic when he's thirty-four. Yeah. And, whole... and win, win about six trophies between trophy thirty-four argument. and thirty-six. Do that. The trophy, the trophy argument with Kane is just doesn't. It's just so nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. Like he's, think, he, yeah. he's not going. There's no. I could go to Bayern Munich tomorrow and I'd win the league because yeah. if you go to Bayern Munich, you win the league. Exactly. That's just how it was. They win exactly. it with you or without you. It's not exactly. an achievement. And sorry, if but went... if you, sorry, but if you choose to go to United, you're taking a massive risk, because it's like, like, like uh, uh, I really like Billy T on, um, on on Twitter, and when he's on like uh, the Fighting Cock and all that, he's he's funny and he? he's funny lad and he's teacher so solidarity brother. But um, he said, uh, you know, what Spurs need to do? It's like a it's like a geezer down the gym. You know, if you go to the gym, if you don't go to the gym, you're not going to get the girl. Um, the only thing is with Spurs is that, uh, or going down the gym, is that you've got to stop the other guy from going down the gym. So we can get a Saudi billionaire, right? But that doesn't stop United, uh, uh, City. That doesn't say that, 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 that the, he, the city, the city chairman then doesn't sell. So United, and this guy said, I think it's Tony Rossi, who I have a bit of banter with on uh, Twitter, and he said. Um, well, if we uh, United are going to buy, get bought by the Qatari group, and then uh, Kane will do what Sheringham did. Well, is that right? So Kane's going to go to United with under Qataris, and they're going to win the treble, or they're going to win this, or they're going to win that. Well, why? Why is, is is their chairman selling up? Are the people at Newcastle selling up? Is the is Tom Bowley selling up? Because funnily enough, they've got a bunch of money as well. Yeah, it's not and, the same landscape. You know, the guy, at Wal- the guy who owns Walmart and owns Arsenal. Maybe if they win the league, maybe he'll start going, well, actually, I'm going to plough a bit more money. So you go United all you want, right? Right. But, and here's what I'd say to Levy. Levy, have a conversation with Kane and say, you've got a choice, right? I'll sell you to United, because I think they're the only club that are coming for him. I'll sell you to United and I'll sell you this summer. Fine, right? But just bear this in mind. You might win a trophy, you might not. Stay at Spurs, and you'll be the first statue. Yeah. How about well, yeah, that? that's a fact. I wrote an I wrote an article about that exact subject. Oh, did you? I must have read it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that exact subject. That he went, that there is a diff, Like it depends. Obviously, it depends what matters to him. 
And I feel sorry for him because I know that deep down he really would love to make it work at Spurs. Like, I know he would because otherwise he wouldn't still be here, okay? But, and he would have kicked up more of a fuss. But he's being like, it's like, give him something to work with. Do you know what I mean? Because at the moment, like, I know he doesn't always perform himself, but he's so far above in terms of level, the vast majority of those players. It must be so frustrating to play with them. Like, and then he must look at City and see the way they play the ball oh, around. He must be I could fall, like, I could what fall am I into doing? that. But the United, but the City ship has sailed now. I'm pretty certain it has anyway. Harlan's going to be there for, for God knows how long. He's much younger. City aren't going to spend that much money on, on Kane. United would love him there. But there is, like you said, there is no, he could easily go to United and win nothing. Easily. Because, yeah. like you said, when you're not, that's what people talk about Teddy Sheringham. Teddy Sheringham went to a Man United that were already the best team in the country, and they only had one, um, they only had one rival, and that was Arsenal. But there was no, there was no football landscape like it is now with all these different billionaire owners of clubs that yeah. are prepared to spend as much money as they can. So Kane could easily go there and win nothing. I don't think he'll leave. I think that uh, I, I, big... if if I was Levy, I'd say stay with us. You'll get a statue. Uh, if I was Kane, I'd say, well, I'll stay because he's only got a year left. But but Levy might say, well, if if you don't sign a contract, then you're not staying. I'm going to have to sell you. But again, with Kane, I'd go, look, let me give you another year. Um, I cost you nothing. You didn't pay for me. And I think it will all round. It will it will you know give Pep a call and say, look. I'm going to stay at Spurs one more season. Can you please come and get me next oh, summer? I'll be free and uh, and and I'll sit on the bench and come on for Haaland on 20, 20 minutes to go and uh, get myself a couple of medals. Does he want it? Does he? This is the question. Does he want to ruin his legacy at Tottenham? Exactly. That's what, exactly. That's what will happen. Exactly. Because when he comes back to Spurs, right? When he comes back to Spurs, if he's signed for United, I'm not a yeah. booer. But people will boo him. No, you're booing. That's just look. That's look. He won't ever be. It's not. He's not stupid enough to do a Sol Campbell or anything like that. So he would never go. Whenever I see a rumor, should Chelsea buy Kane? What a ridiculous. Yeah, what but they need a striker, Sean. Yeah, yeah, they need yeah, a yeah. striker. So Therefore, he's going to go there. Kane would. Kane would never even consider going to Chelsea. He would never consider going to Arsenal. He obviously would consider going to City or United. But the way the football is today, in the past, maybe a move like that, he would have still been treated like nicely when he came back. But football so vo- fans are so volatile at the moment. Everyone's so angry about everything. If Kane went to City or United and came back to Tottenham and scored, like, every time he touched the ball, he'd be getting booed. We're not going to pray. I'd let him off for City. I wouldn't let him, let him off for United. I'd understand the City move. I wouldn't I'd understand the United. I'd understand, I understand why he'd want to move to any, why he'd be tempted anyway. To move to any of those clubs, but like I said, it's about the legacy. Is it more? Is he? Look, the fact is, if he stays at Spurs, we're still talking about you still have another five years to win a trophy. By the way, like it's not inconceivable that we will actually win something in that time. Like it's possible a cup or something like that. Who knows? Maybe next summer we get. Uh, Le- Levy back. doesn't like trophies. Oh, that's true. But you, <laughs> there is a possibility. But yeah, he, he goes in. He goes in when. We- when we go into those semi-finals against Chelsea, which we invariably do every bloody year, he he tells them, he says, "Stop playing so well. Let them score. I don't want to win this cup." And he has look. Kane's had plenty of opportunities. And he's not turned up in any of those. But no. in the biggest moments, the finals. There's only been three, but in the finals, he shouldn't have played, in my opinion. No. Again, he, should have said, he should have, he should have said to Pochettino, "Look, I'm not. Bring me on with ten minutes to go." How about that? Sometimes these players need to be a little bit more smart. Come on with 10 minutes to go and you'll get the winning goal. He, he hadn't played a game in seven weeks. And if in any other situation, you would yeah. never put someone in yeah. when they haven't bring, kicked Bring the ball me on when Liverpool are tired and I'm going to get the winning goal. Think like that. Yeah. Right. Who is your... Right, we've got, got a couple more questions. You all right? You good? Go for it. Yeah, you're not at work. You're work. You're not at work. No, no I'm, I'm, all, I'm all good. Go you work it. in the kitchen there? No, from home. So I'm good. <laughs> nice one. What do you do? Uh, a variety of different things. I've got an Amazon business. Oh, um, right. Trade off, yeah. Cool. So, 
and I want well, I want to get back into journalism. So that's the that's the main reason for the blog um, to go back into journalism because that's what I studied at uni. So. Oh, love that. Where where were you at uni? Uh, Southampton. Oh, I was at Southampton. Yeah, yeah, a few years before you. No, I'm sure not. I'm not not too. <laughs> I was. I tell you what. I when I was at uni, I was in my halls of residence, little tiny room. And listening to Klinsman score against uh, Liverpool, and the fella next to me, FA Cup, the fella next to me in the next room was a Liverpool fan, (laughs) and uh, I was listening, and he was listening, obviously. And uh, when we scored, I was banging on his wall like a lunatic, and uh, uh, I just forget forget that. But also, uh, obviously, like a couple of weeks before that, um, my hall's residence was twenty minutes walk from the Dell. So I saw Ronnie Rosenthal score his famous hat trick. So yeah. it was the it was the greatest day ever. We, we we I went to uni, then I walked to the stadium, watched the six two, and then we walked to the nightclub, got a massive kebab at the end of it, and then it was the, just the best twenty four hours ever. Lovely, it was great. Best place. <laughs> was you was you at um, where would you live in when you was at Southampton? Uh, Burlington Road, all around the uh, Polygon. Basically. Oh, Polygon, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But where the Dell, like quite a few of my friends live where the Dell obviously used to be. Up, um, now, because I've uh, same area. I used to watch the football, you probably watch the football in as well, in that area. Oh, Bed- uh, Bedford Place? Yeah, Bedford Place is the area, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's where all the, obviously, I've, uh, there's a lot of clubs and bars around there now, but I think they've mostly been updated in the last 10 to 15 years. So, yeah, but yeah, that's where I went. Yeah, good um, laugh, good laugh. Down to Bournemouth occasionally? Um, yeah, Bournemouth, Portsmouth. Went to live in Pompey for a little bit afterwards as well, yeah. All nice. that south coast, Brighton. Right. All good fun. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. now, who is your legendary player? So, mine's Maradona. Can be anyone. Who's your... Who would Ronaldinho. You say, Ronaldinho. Okay. In terms of my, like... The, the player who didn't play for us, who was like, it was like, it was iconic. Obviously, look, there's not the obvious Messi and Ronaldo, but Ronaldinho is the one that did things that I used to like. Be like, no one's ever done that before. Incredible. Especially that goal against Chelsea where he uh, what toe punted it yeah. in the edge of the air. Love that. That's one of my Brilliant. favorite ever goals. So, yeah. Uh, favorite goalkeeper. Spurs goalkeeper. Any can be any. any. Um. See, I grew up with Ray Clements, and I was lucky enough to meet him. And when I met him uh, as an adult, he was so lovely and smiley and just the nicest guy. When I met him as a kid, he scared the bejesus out of me, right? And I told him that as an adult, and he was like, he found it really funny. But yeah, <laughs> Love, lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, um, his son played for Spurs, and he's Stephen Clements. Yeah. Think, think he's a he's a coach now, isn't he? Somewhere he's, he goes around with Stru, Steve Bruce, and he's he's number yeah, two. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Bruce is Yeah, yeah. So goalie. Uh, so favorite keeper. Um, I'll say my Spurs favorite. Eric Torsvet's the first one that ever comes to mind. Just from when I was yeah. younger, because he was the goalkeeper in the uh, in the '91 FA Cup final. Really. But over, overall, um, Dida. Just Who? Really looked it. Dida from uh, from AC Milan. Right. The Brazilian one. Okay. He just, he just sticks out a little bit. Oh, Buffon. Oh, Buffon. Sorry. Buffon. Let's say Buffon. Buffon. Just because he's oh, still playing now, I think. He's still going. Favourite yeah. ever defender? Uh, Ledley King. Mine too? Yeah. No, let's say Ledley, Ledley King, Jan and Toby. Those three. Who would you have, Jan or Toby? Uh, yeah, young Tongan definitely. Yeah, me, but me too. Toby had a couple of good years where he was amazing, but the Tongan was far yeah. more consistent, and he was a better footballer than class, than, uh, absolutely old. class. Now, what about your favourite ever midfielder? Uh, Moussa Dembélé. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, up, at Ga- up at Gaza, up at Gaza, because Hoddle was just a little bit out of my time. I literally came in at Hoddle's last game. And what Waddle's Waddle's my favourite ever player, but Gaza in midfield got what you know, say it, and and Dimbele does it. Oh, did you see? And I'm going to re- reflect on last night here a little bit. 
the number of times, and Porro did it quite a lot, unfortunately, pointing where to pass the ball. Pass yeah. it there. Pass it out there. Common, it? Pass it over there. Yeah. What Gaza and Dembele used to do was point to their chest and go, give it to me, give it to me. Yeah. The number of times we did that last night, pass that's, it over there. Don't pass yeah, it to me. Yeah, that, that's, and that's the worst thing about that team is that they're, they're, none of, they're always hiding so many. And that's what happens. How, that, that, that big, um, re- re- really horrible thing for me is what happened to Harry Winks. Because if you remember, Harry Winks was, when he first came on the scene, he played at the Bernabeu and he was amazing. And we're against the best midfield in the world. He was amazing, and he was he want, he always wanted the ball. He was wasn't he didn't used to shy away, but and that was under Poch. But as, when Mourinho came in, he became one of those people who used to pretend that they wanted the ball, but really they'd be hiding behind someone in midfield. And that's what Spurs have become. The midfield yeah. doesn't have the confidence to, to receive the ball, and they always want it. They, they think they're thinking you should always like as football, you should always want the ball yourself, yeah. shouldn't you? But they always want someone else to have it, so that they don't have to have the responsibility. And that's just, and I think that that's been drilled. It personally, I think that's been drilled into them by two managers whose whose philosophy doesn't centre around having possession of the ball. Yeah. Favorite ever striker? Harry Kane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That's, it's hard to say anyone else. But you say Klinsman and Sheringham when I was growing up. Klinsman just because I couldn't believe we had Jurgen Klinsman, even though he's yeah. only there for for the season and a little bit. Get, uh, sharing is my hero growing up, but Harry Kane's eclipsed. When you think about the fact that Jermaine Defoe used to be considered such a great striker for us, and yeah. he, the most league goals he ever scored was 18, and Kane has done 20 plus in seven seasons. Yeah. Like, you can't say anyone else, really. Brilliant. Right, final question. Okay, aliens come down and they, uh, they circle around the Manchester area and they spot, spot you. Okay, and they're like, there's that guy who went to Southampton University and uh, wants to be a journalist and, you know, brilliant, you know, on talk sport that time with that guy who was a bit of a nutter, goes to all the away games, you know, all the tats looking cool, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and they say, that's the guy, that's the guy that we need to speak to. So these aliens, right, they capture you and they say, right, you're the guy that was on talk sport, you know, Barry Dak, brilliant, Simon Jordan, all that. We want to know about this thing called football, okay? Now, what do we need to watch? And you go, right, well, I've got this DVD of this game. And you watch this football match, this one football match, and you'll understand what football is all about. Watch this. What DVD are you giving them? The first one that comes to mind is the World Cup final from Just Gone. Really? Um, Argentina, France, that was amazing. Yes. Oh, that really was amazing. And, and that's yeah. obviously quite a recent game. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that because that's the one that sticks in my mind that at the end of it. I was like, oh my God, that was just, that was a World Cup. Because so often finals let you down, don't they? Yeah. And KG and like people like too scared to lose and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I would, say, I would, I would definitely say um, that or I'd give them a DVD of Spurs. 2016-17 home games where we were just like um, that's the be- that's the happiest I've ever been as a Spurs fan is that season we finished second we we could easily have won the league in another year and we obviously went unbeaten at home that was and every game you just turned so up the, so the, so the, the DVD that actually exists and it's the last DVD Spurs ever did was the one with that like that season and then they've got like the uh, obviously the rainbow celebration at the end uh, that was the last DVD they ever did. Yeah, now you have to watch everything on YouTube and buffering Spurs, and Spurs play. <laughs> Spurs yeah. play. That's it. Yeah. I used to love those end of year uh, DVDs. Yes, yeah, those are. Yeah. And as soon as um, Arsenal started taking the Mickey out of us, we didn't produce them anymore. It's like, no, oh, I used we to did, love those DVDs. Yeah, we used to make DVDs of, of matches, didn't we? Um, we did. Yeah, just on their own. That's a myth, by the way. We didn't just make one of beating Arsenal. We used to make them all the time because they used to send the yeah. DVDs to the to the military. And uh, that's one of the reasons why they, they made those DVDs. But there's no Arsenal fans listening to this, so that uh, that falls I'll on their fears. Sorry. What about a Spurs match? One single Spurs match. And you go, what? 
what what is the greatest ever Spurs match of all time, in your opinion, Sean Torg Torg Torgman Torgman Torgman? Is it? Um, what, where's that from? Uh, my dad's from Israel, so oh. I'm, um, I'm I've got an English mum and an Israeli dad, so that's my my dad's surname. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. Um, so the best, obviously, I won't say of all time. I'll say of my lifetime. The match that sticks out I love that 3-1 away at Stamford Bridge just because it's the first it was the first time in my like, like lifetime we'd ever done it but it's going to be the Ajax were you there? no I wasn't no. I was in Tenerife oh. um, it was going to be the Ajax game Ajax the 3-2 the, the, the Luke Smore game of, of, of course it is of course it is so that people, the city people, game People can't, uh, people can't, yeah, and the City game, people can't, some people can't watch that back, but I'm like, like you said earlier, do we watch, you know, Alan Nielsen uh, scoring against Leicester, or do we watch the Ajax game, you know, when we got nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon, and, uh, you know, it's a, no football on, you know, I'm, I'm flicking through, I'm watching that game, I'm watching I've the City game. hundreds, hundreds and hundreds, I've watched it hundreds of times before the final. Like on YouTube, that it's yeah. just it's just unbelievable. Like I said, the reason for that is we growing up, I never thought Spurs would even play in the Champions League. So the fact we actually Tottenham and we are we like to think of ourselves as big, but we're not an elite top no. level club for us no. to play. In well, the you, biggest you, let's 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 them. see, let's see if Everton or Aston Villa or West Ham or even let's say Newcastle. Let's see if you get there. Let's see if you get to a blooming final in the next five years. And 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 do what we did because what we did was we watched the greatest quarterfinal of all time, then we watched the greatest semi-final of all time, and then we had a month where we got to tell everybody we're in the Champions League final. I personally had to sort my tickets out. I'd already bought my my, my flights to Spain because I thought I'll get them, and if I don't, if if we're not there, then I'll still I've still got place to stay and I can watch it in a bar or whatever Ajax versus Liverpool you know the final that should have been uh but but you know but um you know so I, it was just amazing on the plane a uh, few beers a uh, pilot uh, saying that he's going to land in France if if people don't stop swearing it, it, all of that um you know the journey home was horrendous don't get me wrong but the build up that weekend going to Madrid was just fantastic. And nobody can tell me that I didn't have a great time. Because I did. It was fantastic. Until Sissoko said, hey, mark that blow. It was the most Tottenham <laughs> thing ever. It was the most Tottenham thing ever. But 15 seconds into the biggest game ever, yeah. we gave away a penalty. It was the earliest penalty we've ever given away in our history. Yeah. Of the and, it was, and it was only because Sissoko <laughs> went, here, mark him. Yeah, it's a... Oh. Yeah, but I mean, right, mate. We were there, so yeah, good stuff. So, uh, you going to Brighton? No, no, you're not going to Brighton. Going? I'm not putting myself. I'm not putting myself through through it. I think I'll be honest with you. Unless something dramatic happens and we change managers, I think we're going to get battered on Saturday because Brighton are the best. Brighton, one of the best footballing teams in the country, and they think they will run rings around us. Unfortunately. Then, then Levy needs to grab that manager by the arm and say, listen, come, yeah. and, have, come and have a chat because uh, he seems good. All right, matey. Great. Well, look, next time you're up the lane, let me know. We'll have a beer. Yeah, definitely, mate. And, uh, yeah, it's been great doing this. Yeah, a little bit of therapy yeah. on the game last night. And also, really you know, enjoyed lovely, it, mate. Lovely going back and everything. And uh, yeah, good luck with everything and uh, see you soon. Take care, mate. Thanks a lot. All right, mate. Thank you. Come on, you Spurs. Take care, mate.